Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. This is episode 68 and hockey is officially back. I am here tonight with Ryan and Tyler on the eve of the first Red Wings preseason game against Chicago, uh, which score is currently 2-1. to one. How are you guys doing tonight? Is it really the eve when they're playing? Yeah, man. Like I think eve and I think Christmas eve, like the day before. Listen, there's no, hockey, no. and I'm yes! just happy. And I'm way ahead of you guys, and the yeah. Wings just scored. See, this is the best part about all this right now. I get so, to randomly yell while the game's going on. Anyways. Try to uh, reserve your yelling. I'm still watching. Yeah, whatever. Get Tyler. Cable. I'm doing good. We have an announcement to make, Ryan and I. We Wait, uh, what? We, we, Are you guys pregnant? <laughs> that's No, no. Um, <laughs> I, guess, I guess that sounded wrong, but... But yeah, the did. announcement is, is, is uh, after further review, I am going to be going to the home opener. I didn't think I was going to be, but uh, Ryan gave me an offer that I could not resist, and now my father is tagging along. So we will be at the home opener. Um, so, Greg, it's I look forward party. to meeting you. And, Ryan, I look forward to seeing you again. It's going to be yeah. fantastic. I have to get – I'm waiting for ticket prices to go down a little bit, but I got to get my ticket still. But yeah, we should all be at the home opener, actually. So that's exciting. But what's even more exciting is hockey is back. I agree. Hockey is finally back. It's about time, right? So we've got a few things to talk about tonight. We're going to go through the lineup of who's actually playing tonight, game one against the Blackhawks. They will also be playing the uh, Blackhawks Wednesday the 18th, which is probably when you guys will be listening to this. But we've got a couple notes before that. Uh, A couple of our prospects that went back overseas, uh, had their first games. Elmer Soderblom, who I think we can all agree looked really good at the prospect tournament. He looked good in training camp, and he had his first game back, and he scored four goals. So there's that. He's one of those guys that's hard to miss because, well, for a fact, uh, looking at elite prospects, he's six foot seven. 220 pounds he is uh if you guys paid any attention to the prospect tournament in detroit i believe he is who groove got into a little tussle with behind the net and groove actually kind of tossed him around which was kind of funny to yeah, watch it was david and goliath yeah but uh the dude's a beast he's got some slick hands i think he's a mix between center and wing is he playing center right now with his elite team no i think he's playing wing he's on for lunda hc j20 in the super elite so he's in the under 20 team gotcha but i mean he's a big body biggest thing is the kid's 18 years old he's an 01 birth year which is depressing to think about yeah very depressing but uh a lot of promise i feel like he looked good and he was in here in camp too wasn't he yeah, yeah, he played yeah. in training camp. Uh, he, I mean, 
he skates like he's like I think we've said before. He skates like he's six foot nothing, even mm-hmm. though he's six like six six two hundred and twenty pounds or whatever. Six seven. Yeah, so he's a really big guy, and I mean he put up four goals in your first game. I think if you do that a couple more times, they got to move you up a rank. So. Which is great to know, hear about as a Wings fan because you've got an 18 year old making his way to the top Swedish league at 18 years old. Yeah. So I I, mean, if he can, sure. I mean, it could be a one off, but if he could keep Ooh. doing this, he could be a, a, a steal of the draft. And I say steal lightly because it's not like he was a six round guy, but he could be a, a great pickup by Stevie's crew. And it's looking mm-hmm. like like Iserman had a really solid after seeing everyone play and how they're progressing and and what we got it seems like Iserman put together a really solid first draft for having not so much time. You got to wonder though how many of those guys he had on his radar in Tampa too. It's possible. I mean, you got plus I mean, I doubt he was expecting to luck out if you will um with the mindset unless he was set from the day that he stepped down as the GM in Tampa that he was coming to Detroit, but you wouldn't have expected a lot of these guys that he was able to pursue to be available with Tampa. So in a way it actually probably worked out better for him. I mean, you would assume it would work. It would have, but I don't know. Yeah. And I think all we can hope is that Soderblom season continues the way it started because that's a, that's a really solid start. But on the flip side is his <laughs> yes. opponent from training camp, Alvin Gruve, who really in one game had, uh, and I, I don't have this, this sheet in front of me. I got it right here if you need it. Do you? Yeah. I, I think do. it I just was found it. 50 penalty minutes. Uh, he, uh, let's see. Let's let's do the math real quick. Let's go through it. All right. So at 49-34 of the game that they, it was in the other day, he received a 20-minute uh, penalty for game misconduct as well as a, a f- so is it just a 20 minute standard penalty because I, ga- I thought game misconduct was a 10 well here it's a 10 it could be different over there so it could be tw- okay so a 20 minute game misconduct you got a 20 minute game misconduct five minutes for fighting five minutes for unsportsmanlike conduct and an additional 20 minute match penalty so yeah so 50 50 minutes, 50 minutes. Impre- impressive i think is one word you could use that's almost an entire game that is 10 minutes off from being an entire game so and he had a point i think he had an assist and was minus one with two shots on goal in that game as well yeah so not great <laughs> and people are like oh my god this is amazing we need guys like this it's like no no we don't we <laughs> he needs, bears. he's not on the ice that doesn't help you be on the ice when I saw that come through the other day, I, I thought it was a typo, but then they posted the screenshot and it was just outrageous. Well, did you see the hit too? It wasn't a good hit either. Like he no, I, I didn't see the, the anything for it. Destroyed the guy he he hit, but really? it, it, it looked kind of dirty. But I mean, it was a far away view of it. Did, to put it into perspective, mm-hmm. he had 50 minutes in one game. Larkin led the team in penalty minutes last year with 75 in an entire season. So that's 15, uh, no, 25 more minutes than what Groove got in one game for an entire <laughs> season. So I, 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 Tyler. Joe Coaster would be proud. Uh, well, going back to Soderblom, the dude is a monster. And, you know, you, one can just hope that, that the start that he's had um, 
can continue as the Red Wings get close to doing Red Wing things and giving up a, a two-goal lead. The, the second part, Alvin Groove, I mean, that's way too many penalties uh, in a short amount of time. Uh, it's just It'll like, happen in like 10 seconds. That's my that point. That really it's, adds to it. That's, that's impressive. And I, I know we can joke around as much as we can, but you start – developing at that level not at the nhl level not at the eight you start developing right here right now right when you get drafted and that's not a good sign however i mean it is good that he has a a chip on his shoulder and some sort of an edge to him but you you have to find a way to rein that in otherwise you become you know like a guy like uh, brad marchand or something like that now obviously you take that kind of skill but you just you just have to know when you have a player of that caliber, you just have to be able to tone it down, and hopefully he's able to rein that in and tone it down. Well, you know who was able to rein in their their rage and tone it down quite a bit was Giovanni Smith. So I think he's done yeah. a really good. He still plays with an edge. He still hits hard. He's still in the dirty areas, but he doesn't take as many dumb penalties. He doesn't fight as much. I mean, look at look at Tyler Bertuzzi. Tyler Bertuzzi used to be a goon in juniors until he figured out, hey, I'm actually good at hockey and I can score and I can assist and jump up into plays and still grind and be a pest without actually taking dumb penalties. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, in your first game to get 50 penalty minutes, that's not a good look. And I bet he's going to get an earful from management like you need to cut that shit out. Yeah, knock it off. He's going to get the get the hand slap on that one. I mean. He's he's come out and said too that he tries to kind of what idolize his game, if you will, off of Marshand in the way that he likes to be in people's sides the entire time. But he, Marshand, as much as I hate him, he's a genius when it comes to this shit, and it works when he does it as long as he's not licking people. But so it's if he can hone it in, it'd be fantastic because the guy's got some talent. He just needs to not be stupid. Yeah, I mean, his comparable that people have been talking about is Brad Marchand. So if he can get to that level and rein in the stupidity, we could have a really good player. Mm -hmm. It's just not a good look to start your season like that. No. But those are really the only two highlights from our prospects overseas. We're going to move on to the people that are actually playing in the preseason. And one of the highlights is Evgeny Svechnikov who has had bad luck after bad luck was out all last season. Was it ACL or MCL? Yeah. Out for the whole season. Yep. And he's back. It kind of scared me earlier. He took a hit and got off the ice kind of slow. Yeah. And the reporters have even said he's not at a hundred percent. He's not where he was before the injury. So I I would say right now he's probably playing at 85 and he's looked great. He's had some really good chances. He's been playing a 200-foot game in this game. Uh, but I think we need to go over his stats a little bit before the injury. So in 2015-2016, he played 50 games for Cape Breton uh, with 32 goals and 47 assists for 79 points. And then had 15 points in 13 games in the playoffs. So he was one of the guys that lit up the queue, which, you know, the, the top end, I mean, first round draft picks are going to light up the queue because it's the no defense league. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, two that are currently on the roster like that as well. Yep. And Man- uh, Mantha and Valino. 
So 2016-2017, he played his first full season with the Griffins. Uh, in 74 games, he had 51 points. So he's he, phenomenal in the AHL. That's a great season. Mm-hmm. Then he got hurt. So then he started playing in Grand Rapids in 2017-2018, played 57 games, and had 23 points. So that's where we kind of saw the regression and the frustration, and it was due to injury, and he wasn't performing the way he wanted to, and it, it stunted his growth. Now again, got injured out the entire 2018-2019 season, and now he's back. So Fetch is a first-round pick. He is supposed to, I think he's going to take a lot of flack because first round pick perform like a first round pick and mm-hmm. he's been hurt and he's not going to come in and jump in and score 60 goals and be amazing because he hasn't played hockey for an entire year. But from, from how he's looked tonight at 80, 85% looks promising. I totally agree. And what sucks too is that last year preseason, and they kind of touched on it with Fox Sports Detroit earlier uh, in the broadcast too. He looked great at going through preseason. Like we all expected him to be on the final roster going into the day one. And then that last game against Toronto, he ended up destroying his knee. So I think he's gotten stronger as this game went on. I missed the first 10, 15 minutes or so. Um, so I think that see how things started out. But I mean, he had a nice little touch give and go from Rasmussen. That line has looked pretty solid so far. He's not afraid right now to go in and take a hit. He's taken a couple big hits actually, but he's also getting right back up and going right back at it. So, I mean, it's game one of the preseason. So there's not a whole lot to read off of because there's not really too many guys that are NHL caliber, if you will. But I think it's needed for him. And he almost had a goal. He had, got denied on a great save had a from, couple goals yeah the one goal from the or the one shot that he had just above the face-off circle was a, a beauty and the goalie just barely got a glove on it but so he's he's got the opportunities which is what you want to see so hopefully that just keeps going for him so his confidence gets up and then we slowly see him start getting more into game mode or game speed if, and go from there I second that. I think that, you know, this preseason is very important for him, even if he does end up in Grand Rapids again. I mean, he he, he just desperately needs to um, just to continue to grow. And obviously you said he's, what, about 80%. So, I mean, yeah. that, but if he can come up and give you some help on the third line or even even move up to that second line, I mean – that that's what you can ask for now he may be a lost cause in terms of a first round pick he may never be a first line center be a decent impact third line center or third line uh winger excuse me or or a second line winger i mean then you might have something even if he gives you a ton on the third line in terms of you know just being a big presence out there and and you know scoring some goals in front of the net and maybe even being on the second power play unit i mean at this point you can't really complain it's a different regime that drafted him and you just kind of have to chalk it up as a, you know, a missed on first round pick. Because if you look at the guys that were drafted after him, I mean, there's some real names after him. And unfortunately, you know, we didn't take those guys. But, you know, Svechnikov still has has a good opportunity to be a good impact player in this league. Well, I think at yeah. this point, you just have to hope he plays. Yeah, that's like, gets yeah, exactly. solid playing time and minutes and isn't hurt. Because the more he plays, the more he knocks the rust off. But like you said, Tyler, I mean, if we even get an impact third line guy out of him, 
we've got two fourth lines right now and more. So if we can replace what we've got with, with someone quality that can put up some points. Now, I'm not saying all Svech could be as a third liner, but I think the big thing that's going to hurt him is that he's waiver exempt again because he was out for a whole year. That's so, huge. Yeah, so he can go to Grand Rapids and he we could leave him there all year with no no problem. We could call him up during injury and send him back without waivers. And mm-hmm. I think that might frustrate him a little bit because he's, I think he feels good. He knows he wants to play. He He's showing that he wants to play, but he might be a casualty of waiver exemption and he might just be the one that gets sent up and, and comes out unless he can find a way to say, I belong on this team over X person. Right. So I think he still kind of deals with the log jam issue too. I mean, a couple forwards we harp on over and over, they're not going to go anywhere. And I think there's been a lot of comments that show that what's there is going to stay there, whether we like it or not. And uh, I think for him, honestly, if he were to end up going back to Grand Rapids and then also Zadina and Delina go to Grand Rapids, if that's your top line right there, I'm all for it. Oh, because yeah. in a season or even some point this season, all of those guys are coming to Detroit. And if that if they have that chemistry built, if Svechnikov is your third line winger going into next season, I think there's already a legit top six that can be formed from with what they've got there now. And then you bring in Svech, you throw him on that third line with maybe Nielsen or Rasmussen, and then you have uh, Hiroshi on the other wing. I mean, there's a lot. You could have three type decent scoring lines, in my opinion, with him coming in and making that third line. And people seem to forget or don't talk about too much. He's six foot three, 215 pounds. Yeah, he's a big dude who's he's got a ton. Of, he's like a tree. He's got pay, all muscle. Mm-hmm. And if you pay attention to what Iserman likes, that's that that Svetch fits that mold. So and I think to to the Iserman point. A lot of guys like Svechnikov, I think, are kind of going to get rejuvenated by his presence and knowing what he's going to bring to this team as the as the guy in charge. So I'm not trying to get too excited for him because I've been there with the last two, three years on him. But there's I still think he's not, I don't think he's a lost cause yet. No, and I wouldn't I wouldn't call him a lost cause until you get him in 2030. NHL games, 40 NHL games, he's got like two points. Mm-hmm. And then you can say, well, maybe maybe we can trade him off for someone. But I think the other half of it is his brother's going to light a fire under his ass because now he's got someone he knows he needs to compete with. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it's, it's a younger brother in the same league. So, I mean, I hope Svetch does great. I hope he turns into what his skill level says he can be. But as as of where we are right now it's it's hard to hold out hope after almost two lost years of hockey so the other thing is too is is like ryan kind of touched on it already kind of saying about the log jam issue but like that's a real issue i mean like if you really think about it you have been drafted ahead of him like zadina uh, uh, like valeno who is a center but could play the wing as well and then he's got guys that have already passed him over so i mean it's like you want them to do really well. However, you have guys that, that already show a higher upside than he does at this point in time. And, and that's unfortunate for him. 
But at the end of the day, if he, like I said, if he can become an impact third liner or, or just a player in the league, I think the Wings would be happy at this point. Yeah, he I mean, came we're all from a hell of a draft league too. Exactly. Draft year. Yeah. McDavid year. I mean, your top three picks in that his draft year were McDavid, Eichel, Strom, and then Marner. The huh. guys that went behind him, you got Brock Besser, you got Konechny, yep. you got Roslovic, you got Colin uh, White, Anthony Bavillier, Colin White. Uh, Ilya Samsonov. Then you had Samsonov, which we don't know about yet. Um, then you have Travis Dermott, who the Maple Leafs really like. And then you have Sebastian Ajo in the second round as well. I mean, there, there's some players there. And, you know, obviously there's other hindsight 2020, you know, obviously mm -hmm. like you don't know what those players would have been had they come to Detroit. But like, you know, it's, it's a wonder of what, what could have been if Brock Besser would have been in the red and white. Yeah. We're, we're not going to think about that, but uh, sadness is I, all that is. I think we're just going to agree that we hope Svech turns out we're rooting for him because he's had a rough go. So, mm -hmm. so we're going to talk about the actual lineups tonight and, and who's on the ice. So it's not a big name group of people your top line is taro Hirose, michael rasmussen and svetch your second line is elson pearson pumple your third line is terry turgeon and ford and your fourth line is n glenn denning and dayla rose your defensive pairs are Heronic and nemeth chalowski and bowie and hicketts and mcelrath and your starting goaltender is jimmy howard so when i looked at this lineup this morning I said, well, you've got your top line who are people who are fighting for an NHL job. Mm -hmm. You've got your, well, now fourth line, because when Ansar Khan tweeted it out earlier, it was uh, the fourth line was the second line. But the fourth line is basically Glenn Dennings on the team. De La Rose and N, I'm, I'm saying, are fighting for jobs. I think N's got the up, upper hand there. And your middle two lines are are Griffins. I don't they slim to no chance of them making the Red Wings roster. Yeah. For your defensive pairings, Heronic and Nemeth are on the roster. Chalowski and Bowie, those are ones fighting for positions. And Hicketts and McElrath, even though Joe Hicketts is not waiver exempt, he would have to clear waivers to go to Grand Rapids. I mm. I don't I don't see Hicketts or McElrath making the Red Wings especially with them going out and getting Nemeth and then, you know, them at the end of the year last year or at the deadline last year, you know, going out and getting Madison Bowie. Like, I mean, then you have Chalosky and Heronic, which, which pretty much I think I would say both of them are probably going to make the team because they so? have high upside. Yeah, I would say so. And and if they don't make the team, then Heronic, I think is a lock. And then Chalosky, I would say is close to a lock. But obviously, if he's a bad preseason, then he'll end up in GR. And then, you know, he'll be the first defensive call up if there is one but, at that point. But here's the thing. Uh, Kasky looked really, really good uh, I did here. during training and, and camp. He did. And that red and white, I mean, granted, it's a scrimmage amongst your own teammates. But in the red and white game, he looked fantastic, I thought. He was smooth with the puck. I mean, that goal that he had in the three-on-three -three was a fantastic shot, which we have maybe two guys that can do something similar, and they're both right-handed shots, ironically enough. Um, no, I, I, I'm i low-key excited to see what he'll do here over the preseason. Well, I think I said earlier, too, the only way Hicketts makes the Red Wings is if both Daly and Erickson 
are, are somehow gone. Never say never. Because if you're looking at uh, if you're looking at DK Hronik as your top line, mm. you're looking at a second D pairing of Nemeth and Green. Mm-hmm. You're looking at a third D pairing of who? Chalowski Bowie or Chalowski Caskey uh, or Bowie Caskey or uh, and then that ignores the fact that you still got Erickson and Daly signed. So yep. here's your defensive logjam. I don't just see any way that Hicketts fits into the conversation for the NHL roster. Not right now. So and I mean it'll be a casualty of of it'll be a casualty of the defensive logjam. And I think someone would pick him up at this point if he was waived and had to go through the waiver process, I think someone would pick up Joe Hicketts. So it might be smart to try and trade him. Yeah. I mean, we, I think we kind of touched on something like that last year too, about they should try to trade him so they don't lose him for nothing, which is looking more likely. I mean, I, I wouldn't be mad if they would run with 70 with the way the rosters compiled right now. And if that, if that means, huh? I, I, I disagree. And the only reason I say that, Ryan, is because 7D, it's just I've played hockey, and not that I've played in the NHL level. but Where's 7D, the Valenny horn right now so I can bust that on you? 7D sucks because the forwards can never get into Their a Their forwards court. suck. Yeah, but especially if you're on like a third or a fourth line, you never know who your center is going to be. It's just it's not. Now it's one thing if you need to run seven D one night or a night or two nights in a row or something on on the second night of a back to back or or you know just just once in a while run seven D but to run it every single night your forwards just end up getting tired. It's so much easier having that extra forward. I, I get that, but at the same time, if you're running seven D, your th- your extra defensemen, some of your defensemen are going to be better offensive minded than the, your bottom six pairings. But let's be honest. We know one of the one of the defensemen is going to be Jonathan Erickson. If he's not one of the defensemen, then then I don't want it at all. No, I would say I would not then be I'd too sure that was six. I would not be too sure that Erickson is a lock for the team at this point. The way well, that they're trending right now, I would I'm, uh, I would agree with you. Yeah, because why do you say that? Because if there's an injury, or do you think Steve Eiserman's not afraid to wave his ass? Well, it's wave him or Eiserman will stick him in the press box. I I just don't see a reason to look at how all the defensemen are playing, and then literally the only quote I had from Erickson during training camp was, uh, they said, "Oh, the puck went to Erickson. Oh, he turned it over." So. <laughs> That and that was what I heard, and and I'm like, well, you're going to hear a lot more of that. Mm-hmm. So I don't see why you play Erickson, knowing that there are people that are better than him that, that can should move. be played before him, and you yeah. don't. Steve Eiserman's not a guy that's going to say, well, listen, Dennis Chalowski, you played a really good preseason and you played a really good training camp. Um, but we've got Erickson under contract and man, uh, I'm pulling out my Ken Holland bag of tricks and we got to be, we have to be loyal to Erickson because he's been with the team for a long time, even though you're better than him. Yeah. And that, that's where I hope him. the Iserman aspect comes they, in play. Uh, why don't they just offer him exactly what they offered Cronwall? Just tell him to get lost because it's not well, as Cron- bad. Cronwall made that decision on his own. What's wrong yeah. with Erickson is, sure, he's got some injuries, but the bigger problem is that he just sucks. 
It's like there are people that are better than him <laughs> that that can take his spot. So I don't. I, I mean, they can offer him whatever. They offer him a buyout is what they'll offer him that or a waiver. Like they're just. I I can't see Steve Eiserman after going and making that team that he made in Tampa playing someone like Jonathan Erickson just because he's under contract. I, mm-hmm. To, to me, honest, that makes no sense. Braden Coburn, and Braden Coburn is one of the most inept defensemen I've ever seen outside of his own zone. So Yeah, but he could be, you know, protected by everyone else that's better than him. There's no one to protect Erickson from being better. Exactly. When Erickson screws up and you've got him on a line with Daly, who is also going to screw up, I mean, there's there's just no defense for it, and the only way you would fix that on the wings is if you took Erickson and put him on the first or second pairing, which again destroys your first or second pairing. So there's no, no you, there's no way. So no. I I have a hard time seeing Jonathan Erickson making the team. I mean, I also have a hard time seeing Daly make the team, but you know Daly's gonna be dead half the season anyways. Yeah, I'll, I'll be intrigued, really, to be honest. Who makes it out healthy? of the defensive core because we could end up looking at something we saw last year with the injuries right out the gate. I mean, I hope that's not the case just because you don't want to see guys hurt, but I also wouldn't mind it because that means the guys that we've been hoping for are going to be on the roster. So I mean, don't it, lie. It, you want to see Erickson hurt. No, I don't want to see him hurt. I just don't want to see him on the team. I don't want to see him hurt. I just don't want to see him around anymore. And I, like I said, I don't think Stevie will keep him around because Stevie's not the kind of guy who gives who gives pity spots. Is basically no, he, what Holland ended up doing was giving pity spots to people like Erickson and to people like, and to a lesser extent, Darren Helm because I mean, I guess Darren Helm's still alive and can move. But let me ask you a question, and I'll ask this to Ryan as well. You guys can both answer it. Okay. If- we get to i think october 1st is the day that the rosters have to be in or maybe it is the second but one one of those days if we get to that day and we go online we see the roster and jonathan erickson is on the roster are you going to finally say something about steve eisman are you going to criticize him a little bit or what what, like what's going to happen that's i'll never not criticize someone when they deserve it and i mean eiserman's not bulletproof in the fact that we can't criticize him if he plays Jonathan Erickson over, like say Caskey has an amazing preseason and he gets three goals and he's a he's a plus eight and he just looks really good in preseason, and Eiserman goes, nope, we're gonna play Jonathan Erickson. At that point, I'll be like, okay, that's kind of bullshit. Like, there's no reason this should be happening. What's he thinking? But I'm it's not out of the realm of possibility that he can be criticized. I'm not saying don't criticize the guy. I'm just saying, I don't think that's a kind of move that he would make. I don't think it's the kind of move that he would. Huh? I want you to answer this. No, I don't think it's going to be the kind of move that he would make, but you also have to realize the fact that he's still much like we look at the roster. It's a handcuff moment. I mean, if guys show that they should have been better, I think that we can rest a little easier and know that they're likely going to be on this team. However, you've got a guy that he's a defenseman making 4 million a year. And is he going to be able to, is he going to pull that trigger and actually make it happen? I, I don't know. I don't Will I be pissed off? Yeah. But I mean, we've talked about it over and over. There's one year left on his contract. 
we know that this is not going to be a good year. So do if, even if he is on this roster at the start of the year, I don't foresee him being there for the entire year, meaning he's either going to get hurt or he literally is going to suck and then get relegated down like we would expect. So I'm not going to jump and burn down things and get out the pickaxe about him being on the roster. If he doesn't end up being there, I'm not, am I going to like it? No, but it's going to be one of those is it is what it is moments. I'll I'll hold you guys both to it. Cause I, I I love Steve Eisenman and, and, you know, I think he's going to be a great executive and GM for the Red Wings, but if he makes that decision, I won't be too happy with that either. I mean, you know, it's just the, the, the guy is inept. The guy turns the puck over. The guy, he's got one year left on his contract. Why would you put someone, him, in front of someone that, that is developing and, and trying to become a better hockey player? That's not putting people in, in, in the best uh, area to succeed. As long as they've shown that they they should be there throughout the, the couple of yeah. games they're going to get yeah. in preseason, then yes, yes, then I will be with you on that. But oh, I, I would imagine it wouldn't be too hard to beat out Jonathan Erickson. No, not at all. It won't be at all. No, just know. like it won't be hard to beat out Trevor Daly. Like, but, yeah, it's but it's the fact of actually doing it. And like you said, there's another waiver process, another waiver period or buyout period coming up that you could totally get rid of him. Like there's no, there's no harm in getting rid of Jonathan Erickson. So forget about Adam Ernie too. You know, you go out and get Adam Ernie from Tampa Bay. Does he replace a guy like Darren Helm? Potentially. He could. I mean, Ernie's going to get a spot. They're not putting Ernie in the, they're not putting Ernie in the AHL. They got Ernie basically by saying we actually have, more of an opportunity for you in Detroit than you were getting in Tampa because Ernie felt like he was kind of underutilized in Tampa because of the, the how stacked the Tampa roster is. So they're I'm not going to get pick up Ernie and then not play him. That doesn't make any I, sense. I agree. I agree with that. And I will say that this, the covering this team and, and, you know, doing this podcast and all this, like the last few years has been kind of boring because, you know, there hasn't been a whole lot. I mean, last year was a little bit more interesting. But this year you actually start to see, like, man, the young kids could actually beat out some of the old veterans like Darren Helm and, and uh, Jonathan Erickson and, you know, obviously Cromwell retired. But, like, guys like that. And, and it's, like, it's great to see. Um, however, it's just it's, – it's interesting to see as to what's going to happen. It's one of the more interesting training camps and, and preseasons that we've seen in the last, you know, probably 10 years. And if you guys watch the, the training camp game, the scrimmage, Adam Ernie also looked really good. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's, I, I don't think there's any way Adam Ernie is, is not earning a spot on this team. And I think he'll be a third uh, – a swapped-out second, third-line guy for you. Um, because they're going to have to get him more minutes than he got in Tampa. You're going to yell at me for this, but honestly, the comparison you can make to him with a little bit more skill is an advocate, a young advocate. Oh God. That is what I, I, so I you're draw saying he sucks. No, I think he's going to actually show that he can be good. I think he's going to, there's a hell of a lot more upside there than advocator, but he is the bruiser that they need that can still bring an offense so I, I think that one's going to be a lock. I don't is think there's any question an about Ernie being on the roster. With hands and actual playmaking ability. Yes. But that's another one if we're talking about 
what Iserman's going to do with the roster with guys like Erickson, how hard is it to beat out a Justin Ablocator in camp or in well, preseason? Since he's already been named an assistant captain, it's not, it's going to be very hard. Well, he, he was an assistant captain or alternate know, but... captain. So they're just confirming that he still is one, mm-hmm. but I mean, it, it's not, it wouldn't be hard to beat him out in, in preseason. What do you have to do besides put on some skates and move more than 10 feet to beat Justin Abdelkader? Yeah, well, you know, the thing about Abdelkader and the thing about Helm, that that's just what makes this this so interesting because, like, you have young guys like Svechnikov. You have guys like, you know, Zadina who could make the team. You have guys like... Taro Hirose. Hirose as well. It's Rasmussen. I mean, there's a ton of young players. And it's a matter of who's going to who's gonna beat who out. I mean, it's going to be so interesting. And that's why some of these preseason games are going to be awesome to watch. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. And I think it might also end up being frustrating. Besides the fact that it's hockey and we love it anyways. But, you know. And, of course, right on cue, the Wings gave up a two-goal lead. Oh, that's fine. I mean, again, it's preseason. But I guess what matters is who's on the ice. And it looks like Madison Bowie and... Who's 27? Is that Chalowski? No, he's 21. Nah, who's 27? Rasmussen. Oh, so Rasmussen's on the ice, so... Oh, Hickett's killed someone. So, it's not... I, I mean, it's going to be a very interesting preseason because they're playing nine games, and which I think they only played seven or eight last year. Yeah, the Kraft Hockeyville game gave them an extra one. Yeah. And not one in Boston this year, not one against Boston. No, so it'll be really interesting to see how these games play out. And by the sixth game, I would actually probably say by Hockeyville. Is Hockeyville the last game? Yeah. Yeah, so by the game before that, you're probably going to see pretty close to a set roster. And it'll be really interesting to see who's on the who's in the lineup for that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know... Blashell, I think, has already said, and it's kind of been reported too. They're going to pretty much carry two full teams because of that extra game throughout this preseason. So it's going to be kind of difficult to get a read on who is or is not going to be making the roster. But I guess you could kind of take away, get a couple takeaways in regards to who's playing with who. You got to do more of watching individual performances yeah. rather than roster movements and the lines it. and everything else. Yep. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it'll be interesting to say the least, but I think we're all just super happy that hockey is back and that we're going to have stuff to talk about and and storylines going forward. And right now it's a 3-3 tie and we, I mean, look, it's back. It's back to normal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Uh, you guys have to go, you guys need to watch the game on Friday. So you might be able to see me on TV. Going? Actually, I don't know if that one's on TV. Never mind. I'm just kidding. You're It'll going? be on someone's broadcast. They play the Isles, so it might be on that It'll one. It'll be on yeah, Islanders we're going, we, then. I picked up tickets for the game. I was like, you know, let's go to the game. Got some cheap seats hey. down low, six rows up. Well, how much did you pay? Thirty bucks ticket. I could have got you could have got tickets for today's game for fifteen, no fees. Yeah. So. Oh well. Six rows up, right by the bench. I'll take it. Decent crowd for a preseason game, I must say. Yeah, yeah it looks looks like midseason last year. <laughs> I got to say, can we touch on this? I know we bitched about it last year. These black seats suck. 
They do suck. I was so like if there was some if like a little bit of change to them, like if they would have kept the red on the base or something, it would have been a little bit better. He's all black. I just don't like them. I think we said that during uh, during the draft party. We walked through and we're like, yeah, these black seats are terrible. The red seats were so much better. Yeah. I mean, even if they would like, I got to see like, oh, too bright. We'll make them a darker red. But black just black. It just looks terrible. And that's like what was nice it. about the, the Joe seats. They had the red and the white underneath or the whatever color you want to call it after all those years. But And here's um, the thing. They're like, well, red seats, you can see how empty they are. Our uniforms mm. are red. Our jerseys <laughs> are red. So you're putting all these red and with black all between them. You can tell even more where the empty seats are because everyone's uh-huh. wearing a red jersey. So like yeah. they should have when they created the state when they built the stadium not created because it's not NHL 20. Um, <laughs> so when they built the stadium, they should have thought of this idea because I mean every time you build a new stadium, you just assume that that the crowds that they had at Joe Louis Arena were gonna stay. Now when the team becomes good, yeah, people will come because that's just what it is. Um, but the way this like the seats were they were like almost orange they weren't even like red no. they were like bright 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 red they should have just like, done yeah, the same the color seat- as the joe yeah more subdued i, I don't know what they did but they it, more, it just doesn't they were more orangey they were almost like they weren't orange but they <sighs> they looked almost orange on tv the way they were so bright so like yeah they should have right. done something like the joe where it was like a darker red almost a maroon kind of color but they they screwed it by by making those the color they did, and now this black I personally don't hate it. I think it looks fine because if, if you look around the league, most teams have black seats now. But did you see what Boston did? They got rid of the black and yellow seats. It's all black now, totally maybe, black. Maybe it's a trend. Maybe it's something type of marketing ploy that teams are going with that they read somewhere. But I don't know. I think that. Did we ever get any truth to the Pistons apparently bitching about the fact that the seats were red? No, but I figured they would just did. bitch about everything. Yeah, they I mean, probably. I mean, I, I don't know. I, you, they're just they're killing tradition little by little sometimes, and it's just frustrating. I mean, I, I get it. The Red Wings and Joe, the Joe, that's what we are familiar with for twenty plus years, and this and that. But that I don't know. It's a stupid thing to bitch about, but I'm just not a fan. I think that they should have the, the the red seats. They should have just made them a little bit darker. And then you know, with the hockey town logo, everyone bitches about that on Twitter. It's like you know what? Sometimes you have to understand where you are and and kind of turn the page on that era. And yeah, you still make hockey town T-shirts and you keep it on the boards or whatever. But you don't have to have it in the middle of the ice. It doesn't have to look exactly like Joe Louis Arena did. And you know what? If they do get back to the glory days and you want to put Hockey Town in the middle, go ahead and do it. Everybody knows your Hockey Town still. You don't have to just put it in the middle of the ice anymore. Yeah, it's not the 90s anymore, guys. Like, I know I all, all you boomers love to complain about how we're not holding on to tradition, keeping things around. But, you know, it's the Hockey Town logo looked like it was from the 90s, and that was the problem. Yeah. And I know they I redesigned it. I know they redesigned it. But it doesn't need to be like you can be something without shouting it at every possible avenue to do so. so. I like the new the redesign logo. Me too. It, I have no problem because it's it. the way they did it because it looks like the lettering on the back of the jersey. Yeah, it's jersey um, font. 
they definitely did that part right. I don't mind it being off center ice either. It took me a minute to get used to it, but seeing just the logo itself is it's pretty clean. damn sharp. Yeah. But what yeah. I do, to, to go back to that or stay on that point, did you guys see the comment from today about how someone stated that we have no right to call ourselves Hockey Town in general because they're a bottom five team? What do you shove it up there? Does that have to do with anything? Exactly. That's my question. Like people, people always say this, and like, okay, I get it. If you're another fan base, you know, whatever you talk shit, it is what it is. I understand that. However, if it's, you know, if it's someone in your fan base saying, oh, you have no right to call yourself, we have no right to call ourselves Hockey Town, number one, why are you fighting with your own fan base? I guess that's what, Red, you know, some Wings fans do and other fans do. Well, I, I just don't get the comment in general is that you can only be called Hockey Town because you're winning. How does that make sense? It nothing to do with anything. I mean, it, it it's trademarked. It was Hockey Town. It, it was a Hockey Town before, you know, the 90s and the early 2000s and, you know, the, the huge run that they had. Yeah, you know? I, I, I saw that today and had to comment on that from somebody that put it out there. And I was just like that. So that 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 person to me is the literal definition of a bandwagon fan that you have to only they can only win for you to accept them for what they were called or are still called and that it's only okay if they're winning to be considered something yeah it's also like, called being uh, a jackass so yeah yeah that's also fair but no i just i was just curious if you guys i figured you would agree with my sentiment there but absolutely yeah just stupid to see like it's just ignorance so are are those your final thoughts ryan yeah it's hockey town. It's going to stay hockey town. So fuck you if you don't think it is. There's my final thoughts. <laughs> Tyler, let's get your final thoughts and your Twitter handle. Final thoughts is we are finally to hockey season at the home opener with you boys. I'm glad to uh, finally meet you, Greg, and to finally see you again, Ryan. Um, Woo! And uh, so, yeah, we're glad it's hockey season. Can't wait to get down to LCA and uh, drink some beers and or some some ginger ales <laughs> and uh, watch some wings hockey. No, we're going to drink some Founders beer while we're down there. The official oh, beer of the Grindline podcast. Yeah, we need to get it. We need a pick. So we'll have to do a live pod that weekend or a pod together. Yeah. And then get a photo with Founders and the, the swag on. Yeah. Cool. But, Greg, maybe you can come to uh, Ann Arbor with us on Saturday. Well, my final thoughts are, uh, I'm just, God, I'm just happy hockey's back. I said that first tweet, like I really missed, I really missed the goal. Now we're apparently playing whoop, there it is when someone scores a goal. That's, so that's amazing. It's amazing. But I just, I'm, I'm super pumped hockey's back. I'm really excited to see what happens in the ball. next two weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. with the lineup and, and who makes the roster and, and what it's really going to look like because I think Stevie still has something up his sleeve before the season starts. I hope you're right. I so, have one more final thought, Greg, and this is this is kind of tongue-in-cheek you're in a way. interrupting you know my final thought. <laughs> Go ahead. Can we bring the goal horn back? No, I think the- they threw it out. Garbage. It's gone. It's gone. The goal horn is gone. It's dead. They had garbage. to get a new one. That's funny as I yelled at a ticker after that the other day. Just play the old one on the speaker. That's what they were doing. They are playing the old one on the speaker, and it sounds like shit. That's why it sounds like garbage. It's because it's the old recording. There's no way you can make this better. Get some YouTube nerd that that had it on on YouTube and and figure out a way to fucking... 
no, to get the old bullhorn It's back. because when you put it on a speaker, the acoustics do not sound good for a recorded version of the horn. So we're they need another actual horn. Dollar, we're talking about a billion-dollar franchise. They can't figure that one out. No, they can. They just It's on the bottom of their list of stuff to do. So. Well, eventually, hopefully. Or or if not, just get a new goal horn altogether. Because exactly. This one Anyways, uh, yes. you can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91. You can follow me on Twitter <laughs> at Bringing the Wing. I guess Tyler's just going to keep interrupting me. Uh, do us a favor. If you're buying any equipment for hockey, go to Howie'sHockeyTape.com to get all your stick tape, wax, and gear. Uh, you will get 10% off at checkout if you use the promo code GRINDLINE. So go there, order all your stuff if you're a coach and, and buy stuff for your team. Uh, if you're a booster and have to buy stuff for the team, uh, go there and use promo code GRINDLINE and save you guys some money because I know it's hard for some of the smaller organizations to get to get money. So go there and do that. We're going to shout out to Founders, who is the official beer of the GRINDLINE podcast. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Radio.com app, um, everywhere, really. Uh, you don't don't have to look too far. I, I think if you just go to Google and you type in the Grindline podcast, all our links will come up. So that's yeah, good. that's true. I've tried it. <laughs> yeah. So just go do that. Also, we're running a, a sale on our merch shop right now. All our t-shirts are around uh, a little over 10% off. So if you go to redbubble.com slash people slash the grind line, you can find our page and you just click shop from there and all our t-shirts are 10% off or more currently. So uh, I think that's it for Ryan and Tyler. I am Greg. Uh, Let's go Red Wings. Woo!